The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. In hundreds of locations, the Word of God speaks about a subject many people aren't thinking about nowadays, and that is the subject of truth. In John 18, 37, Jesus came to bear witness to the truth. Pilate, in John 18, 35, uh, Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? But I'm going to start with a verse today, and then I want to introduce two very special friends. John 8.32, and we're going to unpack this for this show. John 8.32, an amazing promise from the Word of God. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, with that verse of John 18.32, I want to welcome you to today's edition of Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland here along with my trusted, valued brothers, friends, colleagues, Bert Harper and Jim Stanley. And this, by the way, folks, this is a pre-recorded edition of Exploring the Word. We can't take calls today. Uh, as always, you can send us emails, and we love to hear from you, uh, word, W-O-R-D, word at AFR.net, and your question or comment might become the subject matter for a future program. We love to hear from you. But guys, uh, I, I believe our nation, uh, our world really, is in a crisis of truth. And one of the things for which I pray is that the Holy Spirit of God would send a recovery of truth. And and I wanted to devote a program, and let's talk about what is truth, what can truth do, and why does truth matter. And uh, Jim and Bert, I think this is significant enough that we that we might open up with a word of prayer. Um, let me say this, and then I, I do want us to pray. Uh, back in the early days of computing, um, every computer would come with what's called a recovery disk. Uh, I don't know if they do that now, but it used to be that if your computer locked up or crashed, hopefully you could run the recovery disk and it would set things right. I think we need a recovery disk, and that's the Holy Spirit of God, to open our eyes and hearts back to truth. Amen. Amen. I agree wholeheartedly. And when you talk about truth, let me see, it's not your truth, my truth. You know, you hear that phrase again and again. Every time I hear it or see it, uh, I think, no, God's truth, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Yeah. It is the truth of God. And so I agree with you about prayer, Alex. And uh, is it all right for us to pray and just ask God to guide us in this conversation? But as well, pray that people would desire truth, real truth. Yes. And Jim Stanley, would you open this edition of the show with prayer? Sure will. Father, as we seek truth, may we seek your son. Because we remember the scripture from John where he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So, Father, today, as we talk about the standard of truth, not our truth, not a watered-down truth, but the very truth of the gospel of Christ, may we present it in such a way that we remind folks that in this truth there is love, there is hope, there is forgiveness, and there is redemption. 
Lord, help us redeem our country. Lord, bring revival to our Mm. country. And may it begin because of your truth that's found in your word through Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to begin by defining truth. Bert, you mentioned uh, people say, well, whose truth? You, you have your truth. You're a Christian, but somebody else has their truth. Uh, really, when we're talking about truth, the way that great thinkers throughout history have defined it is truth is what corresponds to reality. In other words, truth is the way things really, really are. And, and let me say that there is truth. And we can know truth, but I'm going to say this, and we'll come back to it, and I I really want to unpack John 8, 32, where, again, Christ the Lord, the only man that ever rose from the dead, Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. All right? But here's the thing. We are accountable for what we know, uh, for, for things that we know are real. And, and many of us, maybe someone even listening right now, is struggling with some truth that you know about. I would submit to you, and guys, I want your response, the, the most important thing that we'll ever ponder, I mean, more than do I, do I have enough money in the bank? Uh, am I healthy? Uh, is everything okay with my family or my marriage? Uh, where am I going to work? I mean, more than any other of life's considerations, and there are many, but the most important thing really is, have I believed truth? Because we're accountable for what we do with truth, aren't we, Bert? We are, and that truth that we're talking about, sitting in John chapter 8, the chapter that you talked about, in that same chapter, Jesus says in verse 12, I am the light of the world. Now, the reason I bring that up Truth will always be faithful to the light exposed to. In other words, when you shine light on truth, it stands the test. When you shine light on that which is untrue, the frailties, the darkness will be revealed. And that light, notice how those two go together. And, and, And it's in this one chapter, Alex. Uh, And Jim, chapter 8, light and truth. And what's happened, Satan has darkened or blinded the eyes of those that would see him. So Satan operates in the darkness. Now, what he wants to do, he wants to come in and he, as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And it says he also comes as wolves in sheep's clothing, always hiding But Jesus comes out, the light and the truth. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about that which would be exposed. And Alex, uh, truth will expose that which is false. Truth will stand the test of light. It will stand the test of weight. You know, Uh, it does not crumble. Truth does not crumble under the evidence given. Mm. Truth will always be truth. It is settled in heaven. I, that scripture really makes you understand what truth really is and how important it is, doesn't it? Well, it really does. And again, uh, John eight thirty two, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I mean, truth is so significant that Jesus Christ in John fourteen six, he said that he is the truth. Uh, 
So truth really matters. And guys, part of the reason I wanted to talk about this, and Jim, I appreciate you allowing us to devote an hour of radio time to talking about what truth is and what is the significance of it. We're living in a time of uh, so many people think that lying is okay, Mm -hmm. not telling the truth. Wait a minute, Uh, Alex. That's that's spin. It's not lies. It's spin. Uh, well, yeah, according, <laughs> according to God, uh, if, if we share that which we know is false, yeah. uh, we know the truth, but we say what is false, that according to the Lord, that's called a lie. It is. And the Bible says thou shalt not lie. Mm-hmm. We live in a time of plagiarism, a time of wow. people misrepresenting themselves, bearing false witness. And if ever... And, and my goodness, my, my heart just uh, pulsates with this. If ever we needed the Lord to call us back to truth, we need it. Because not only the lives of people, uh, the souls of people, eternity, guys, I would submit to you the future of our country hangs in the balance We're in danger of losing our country because we are a people that have, to a degree, abandoned truth. Well, and and I think one of the reasons for that, Alex, is that a lot of folks think the truth is hard. You know, it's it's always hard to tell the truth. You know, a little white lie is not going to hurt anything. Well, a a little white lie is still what? Well, it's still a A lie. lie. And the easy thing about truth, and I've said this before, you guys have heard me say this, I honestly don't mean it to be a cliche, but it's one of those things that if you ask me a question and I tell you the truth, I don't have to remember what I said, you know, because if you ask me that same question six months down the line, the answer is probably going to be the same. And I think that's one of the things that we as Christians have to remember that a white lie is still a lie. A comfortable Mm -hmm. lie is a lie. A comforting lie is a lie. When the truth is so much easier to say, and then, in all honesty, you don't have to worry about it because a lie will come back and bite you if someone finds out the truth, and then they're not going to trust you anymore. And if you, as a pastor, as you... If you as a Christian brother or sister lie to your your other Christian brothers and sisters, they're they're going to lose confidence. They're going to lose trust in you. And and I don't mean the truth is a hammer. You don't want to beat somebody to death with the truth. But it's just a simple fact that you can we hear this phrase often, truth and love. Well, if someone comes up to you and says, "Hey, I love you, but you can almost guarantee there's a hammer coming your way. <laughs> and yeah. so there there are ways to present the truth in a loving fashion, but you you really do want to stick to the truth at all times, even if it's uncomfortable for the people you are talking with. And yeah. and, and I mean that because you think of the different circumstances in this country that we live in that we can't say anything that it might offend someone. You know, because it becomes hate speech, because it becomes hurtful speech. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about we're on the bedrock principle that Jesus is that truth. 
And look mm-hmm. at how many ways Jesus found to talk to people at their sin about their sin, but then he didn't leave them in their sin. You know, Alex, before we go any further, right in that same chapter, chapter 8, verse 44, let me read this. This is Jesus speaking. You are of your father the devil. Now, he's talking to the Pharisees and the desires your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. And Jesus says, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Now, Mm. again, in this chapter, chapter 8 and verse 32, right in the middle of all this conversation, you know, about lying and lies, light, Mm -hmm. And, and here we find out freedom is found in Christ. In other Amen. words, lies is what Jim has talked about will set you up for bondage. And mm. he that's what Satan wants. Satan wants everyone to be in bondage into oh, yeah. him. And the truth does what? Sets us free sets from the bondage. Free. That freedom is real, isn't it? Well, it really is. And and folks, if you're just tuning in, this is Exploring the Word with Bert Harper, Jim Stanley, Alex McFarland here. You're listening to the American Family Radio Network. We're talking about truth. Uh, guys, I would submit to you, truth is the most important subject very few people are talking about. And Jesus said the truth can set you free. Well, the flip side of that is uh, falsehood will leave you in bondage. Now, we're going to talk about truth, how we can know it, how we can defend it, and how it will set our lives and our souls free on this edition of Exploring the Word. Stay tuned. We're back after this brief break. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jim Stanley, along with Brother Bert Harper and Dr. Alex McFarland, and we're talking about truth today. A moment ago, I mentioned the little white lie and that it's still a lie. Well, let's go to the very first white lie that's recorded in Scripture. And and it's this, and it, and you can tell it's a lie. Number one, it's coming from Satan. He is the father of lies. We know that. But he still uses this simple phrase to trick people to this very day. And so we pick up in Roman, pardon me, in uh, Genesis, the third chapter. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then Mm. the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I want to fast forward to the New Testament. For the wages of sin is what? Death. It's death. All right. So we come back here and we we look at that little white lie. You will not surely die. Here's why he doesn't want you to do that. Notice he gives you the lie and then he gives you the excuse right along with it. Well, guys, that's the same Satan that operates today. And he gives us those lies and a reasonable explanation to go with it as to why we should or should not do something and how that then that 
that blocks us from the truth of the fellowship with Christ, doesn't it? You know what he never gives? The end result. That's right. Mm. He never yeah. gives. He's going to paint the prettiest picture with lies that he can and never give you the end result. One more thing, Alex, I'm going to throw it back to you. I, I'm so glad you said get in John chapter 8. I, <laughs> I, I've been reading it. Listen what it says in verse 31. You know, 32 is the, our theme verse, right? And you right. shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Listen to verse 31. Jesus oh, says, yeah. if you abide in my word... You shall be my disciple indeed, and you shall know the truth. Notice how the Word of God and truth are bound together in this statement. Well, and, and you know, by the way, Satan is a liar. The Bible says he's the father of lies. And you guys make a good point, because while Satan dangles his lures in front of us, he never does tell us the end result. And, and think of the untold miseries and the heartbreak and just the tragedies that have come about because people— took the bait and believed the mm. lies. Friend, I'm, I'm going to help you understand. <laughs> oh, they do. They do. But you know what? I Listen, I love fishing. I'm a country boy, and I've done a lot of fishing. And underneath the, uh, the pretty paint and the plumage in that fishing lure, there's a hook. Uh, and the devil has a tackle box, too, I assure you. Amen. And te- temptations. But here, here's world history in a nutshell. All right. Satan could not kill off God. He tried. I mean, you read about that in places like Isaiah 14. Satan could not kill God, so what he's done is he's tried to harm, to debase, dehumanize, even kill the ones made in God's image. And so the temptations and all the sin, the lies that have hurt so many people. Now, John 8.32, Jesus said this, and, and just ponder this, guys. The truth will set you free. So there may be somebody listening, and obviously our number one message to you is turn to Christ and be born again. Listen, uh, don't believe that God is against you. Don't believe that you can make it without Christ. Don't believe that you'll deal with this Jesus issue later. I mean, there, there are a lot of people in hell because they procrastinated when mm. it came to their soul. Uh, Satan is telling you, yeah, hey, you got years to think about this. Getting in church and all this thing of being a born-again Christian, hey, I've got years to think about that. And you don't know. You might be living your last day on planet Earth right now. So the Spirit of God which is, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit. One of the names of the Holy Spirit is, quote, the Spirit of truth. And God is saying, turn to Christ and be saved. Seek the Lord while he may be found, because there might come a a moment where he can't be found anymore. So, number one, think about your relationship with Jesus. But guys, I want to say this. There there may be someone listening, and, and you're dealing with a temptation. This illicit affair, what'll it hurt? Friend, that's a lie that might shatter you in 10,000 pieces. Hey, I, I have known people that lost their job because they were not truthful mm. in the way they handled money or something at work. Uh, trust and relationships, friendships of many years can be lost because of untruth or a lie. And guys, I believe it. I wish I could put it on a billboard on every street. When the Lord Jesus said, the truth will set you free, and again, the the converse of that is lies and untruth 
will bind you up. We've got to believe. And look at our nation. Oh, my goodness. We're we're going trillions of dollars in debt. We're abandoning God's moral code that our Declaration and Constitution was built on. We're suppressing truth. We're telling people lies about race and life and morality. Guys, I... I get on my knees and pray because Jesus said the most important thing in life is truth, and yet we seem to be a country bent on living for that which is false. Alex, the bad part about that, again, and I'm sticking to chapter 8, it's just filled with so much. Read the verse right after verse 32 about you setting, uh, being set free. They, now they is the scribes and the Pharisees, we are Abraham's descendants. Now listen to this, and have never been in bondage to anyone. That's they, false. They were in bondage, and here's the issue: they did not know it. And what what you're describing personally, and also governmental, and even in families, there's people in bondage that have no idea they're in bondage. Have you noticed the debt trap? They will keep on putting it on the credit card. They'll keep on charging. They'll buy more, get more, until they find out one day they get a notice and they found out they're in bondage. Mm -hmm. Here's this man who's having an illicit relationship or a woman having a relationship with a co-worker, and they're out there, they're doing everything and thinking they're keeping it undercover, but the reality is they're building themselves, and one day that will be revealed and they're in bondage. You're talking about our, our, our government Yes, they're going to find out that bondage comes, and uh, I I can't I'm old enough to remember Nikita Khrushchev. He mm-hmm. was the premier of Russia, and he came and he talked about you would be destroyed and we'll overtake you, not from the outside but from within, and that bondage that you get from within will destroy our lives. And here Jesus says, "No, you can be set free," because Jesus said in verse thirty four. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, for a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And Alex, we have a lot of people that are incarcerated that listen to our program, and they've told us they found freedom in prison. You know, Mm. um, one of the things that you mentioned a moment ago, is that we go around committing sin. We go around, you know, sneaking around, if you will. And we think that we're doing that in such a way that we won't get caught. Let me tell you something. Ask the 30 million people that had registered with Ashley Madison. You guys remember Ashley Madison from several years ago? It was an adultery website for cheating spouses. And then there was a data breach. And all of a sudden, these people are seeing their names on the internet, some of them were prominent. Some of them were prominent, and you know some what? Some were in ministry. Some, and ex- that's what I was going to go to, Alex. Us. Is that if we don't believe the wages of sin is death, look at some of the ministries that have faced a spiritual death, if you will, because of the the untruth that they were living, the lie that they were caught in. It doesn't have to kill the person. It can kill their ministry, which is just as pleasing to Satan, because there, you it goes back to what we said earlier. When you tell the truth, you really don't have to remember what you said, but you also don't have to remember what you did. 
because yeah. there, there's nothing there waiting to come and, and snatch you up. Uh, you're not walking with banana peels as shoes. You know, so, and, and I only brought that out because a lot of those guys thought, or, and ladies thought that was a secret sin that wouldn't be found out. And all it took was a group of hackers. And they weren't doing it to be nice people. They were doing it to, to, to destroy. But isn't that the lie? Isn't well, it, that the lie? It, it is. It, it is a lie. And so based on all this, okay, folks, think about it. Truth is a tangible thing. Yes, truth exists. And truth has power. Friend, truth has wonderful power. But let me say, sin and untruth has power too. Truth leads somewhere. Mm-hmm. Truth will set you free. Hey, there's, there's a place God wants to take you, and it's called freedom, blessing, favor, and truth will take you there. But error leads somewhere too. Now, I want to talk, we've got time, and we're going to talk about our response to truth, but first of all, let me, let me say one thing parenthetically. Look, all of your life is filled up with relationships. There's your relationship with the Lord. There's your relationship with your family members. There's your relationship between yourself and your employer. Uh, you have a relationship with you. I mean, and yes, Jesus can give you peace and freedom in your relationship with yourself, too. Neighbors, all right, here's the thing. All relationships, um, the, the health or the status of a relationship is based on trust. And when trust is lost, it's just nigh on impossible to ever fully get it back. And that's why truth matters. Your word uh that's why the Word of God has so much, and in a moment I want to talk about how truth doesn't bend, but listen, your Word being true, your motives being pure, your, your actions being right and appropriate. And guys, I just want to Im- impress on people, and let's remember, if you're a Christian, you live for Christ, and we are His representatives. Trust is tied to truth. And when we compromise truth, we compromise trust. And when trust is lost, the relationships really are just never the same, are they? They are not. And that's why I believe the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians put a premium on speaking truth. Uh, we, We talk about this quite a bit on Exploring the Word about he gave pastors and he gave evangelists and prophets, you know, to equip the saints, to edify them. Now, listen to this. It says, the reason he gave this, that this is in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and following, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. In other words, know the truth. Don't be carried away. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness by which they lie in wait to deceive. But here's what we're to do. Speaking the truth in love that we may grow up in all things unto him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth in the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now, here it is. Notice, it starts with those leaders speaking the truth. Right. And that's why the pulpits of America needs to speak truth. That's why ministries need to speak truth. Now, how do you do it? You speak in love. Now, 
what some people think that is, as Jim said earlier, they think truth is harsh. And it is for some people because it reveals untruth. Right. But we're to speak the truth in love and caring. In other words, we care enough to speak to you. You remember that word? It says a word fitly spoken, you know? Yeah. And so yes. speak the word in truth in a fitting way, in an uncompromising way, but a caring way. Have you ever heard people don't care what you believe until they believe that you, you care? care? And so we need to know and we need to let the truth penetrate our heart that God looked upon the sheep, like the people being sheep, having no shepherd, we need to have a heart for folks, and that is truth. Amen. Uh, you know, when we talk, when we were talking about that, it made me think about earlier, I'd said truth is like a hammer, and I have slammed that death hammer a couple of times, and so I want to complete that thought from Romans six twenty three, for it says, for the wages of sin is death. That is a fact. However, The scripture goes on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That is an absolute truth. When you think about it, that there is death as a penalty, but on the flip side, we have that gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Alex, eternal life is an absolute truth, isn't it? It absolutely is. And it comes through a relationship with Jesus. And, you know, again, in John 8... Well, 34 through 36, Jesus, again, he says, if the Son makes you free, you should be free indeed. What, what such a beautiful thing is that we have salvation in Jesus. And just as he said, the truth will set you free, then he says, the Son sets you free. How's that? Well, it's because Jesus is the truth. And you can have a relationship with him. When you've got a relationship with Jesus, you're connected to truth. You know, when I hear that and I think about it, it says you're free, you're free indeed, I think that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. It, 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 it's better than you could ever dream. It's more than you can ever think. And no wonder it's this un, undescribable gift. And that is the whole idea. And it only comes through truth. And uh, we've recently in some of our sharing, we've talked about hope. You know, real hope is based upon real truth. And, you know, there's some people have false hope. Guess what that false hope is built on? False truth. The real truth of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's done, will set you free, and you will be free indeed. We'll be back with more right after the break. to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You know, I read a quote one time that said, the truth is like the sun. You can try to shut it out for a while, but it ain't going away. 
Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex, Bert, and Jim here. So glad you're listening. And by the way, if you go to AFR.net, AFR as in American Family Radio, .net, you can listen to this again. You can forward a link on. You might want to share this with somebody and, you know, download these, these broadcasts that are archived and all of the great programming that you'll find there. Today's issues, Sandy Rios, The Hamilton Corner, Airing the Addisons, and yes, Exploring the Word. You'll find all that stored at AFR.net. But we've been talking about truth. And again, folks, I just want to say from the depths of my heart, I, I just am deeply concerned that we are a nation that has suppressed truth. And I do pray, fellas, that the Holy Spirit will give us a renaissance of truth. Jesus is truth personified, truth incarnate. Scripture is truth written, God's eternal word. And Jesus, he said the truth would set us free. And I want to just say this, we've been in John 8 a lot. Um, Truth doesn't bend uh, based on our ignorance or our assumptions. And listen, don't, don't miss this. God loves you. God loves you supremely. But do you know what? If you ignore truth, God's not going to change reality just to placate you. If you try to suppress truth or if you've got incorrect assumptions, and guys, uh, a lot of people, I think somehow uh, God is just going to say, never mind or are great on the curve, but truth can set us free truth will destroy and condemn if we try to break it or ignore it. Am I right? You're right. And we've been mainly dealing with truth and in, in what we're supposed to around Jesus Christ and in the New Testament. But it goes back in the Old Testament. I want to read two passages, and they really speak to this. One is in Psalm 51, verse 6. Behold, you, and that's God, desire truth in the inward parts in our inward being, uh, everything about us should be truth. Uh, out of the heart come the issues of life. So if you don't have truth on the inward parts, mm-hmm. guess what's going to proceed out of your mouth? That which is lies. And we need to get right with God on the inside. There's another one that speaks to that. It's in Psalm 91, verse 4, guys. It's powerful as well. He shall cover you, talking about God, he shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. Jim, you were talking about how important truth was to speak. Therefore, you you know, your defense is there because you don't have to remember the falsehood. It's your shield. Truth is your shield. And remember what the Bible says about the Bible? It is the shield of truth. And so the whole idea of truth stems from God himself. And he is truth. There's no darkness in him. There's no lying in him. He is truth. And and I want to ask this. I've had it written down the whole time. Listen to my little catchphrase here, guys. Truth is always true. Mm-hmm. Now, mm. you know, is what is true, is it a truth? No. There's truth, and then there's truths that we believe, yes. you know. Good and, point. And the truths that we know and establish, and what you've been talking about, like our government, uh, our, our churches, the gospel, is based on truths. And, and so Jesus is that. He's the personified of the truths that we see. 
You remember what Philip said? We would see the Father. And Jesus says, have I been so long with you that you not understand that when you have seen me, you have seen the Father? That he is truth. When we see Christ, no wonder he says, I am the truth. You know, he is, isn't he, guys? And you know, go ahead, ahead, Jim. No, you, Uh, sir. Well, thanks, yeah. You're right, Bert, about truths. And by the way, we've talked a lot about, you know, truth has power and truth can set you free. I've got one final observation here in just a minute. But um, Christianity um, is comprised of some truth statements. Those are called propositions, some propositional statements. And these are true. God exists. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus paid for our sins on the cross. Uh, we come to Christ f- through faith. I mean, these are these are truth statements, and yes, they correspond to reality. The, these are true. Now we live in some uh, a time of people think, well, um, you know, uh, sin doesn't matter. Uh, how I live doesn't really matter as long as I do it privately or whatever, or I make my own truth. Those are statements that are false. So. Everything we believe and really what we do is based on some statements or propositions, so it's just imperative that the, the claims we embrace and the, the, the things we believe really are true, because true or false, it has outcomes, good or bad. It does, and that's the thing. You know, when when folks lie to us, we talk about having broken trust and those different things. But I want to take and flip to the other side of that for a moment. was looking at an article in Scientific American, and it's uh, it has this statement. Lying is among the most sophisticated and demanding accomplishments of the human brain. Children have to learn how to lie. People with certain types of frontal lobe injuries may not be able to lie. So... Let's think that through. A brain injury can keep you from the ability to lie. But then the other part of this is that it's almost like they revel in the ability to lie. You know, can you think of that being as the most demanding accomplishment of the incredible creation of our human brain? Do you know what? There was a book that came out about 20 years ago, uh, and I'm, I'm just going to say it. It was during the Clinton administration and during the Monica Lewinsky debacle and all that, and it was a book by a sociologist, and it was called The Liar's Tale, T-A-L-E, A History of Falsehood. And this one particular uh, commentator said that the president then had raised the uh, practice of lying to an art form. Mm. And I thought, what a horrible legacy. Because the Bible, look, the Bible is clear. Your sins will find you out. Now, look, we all, to one degree or another, have said things that weren't true. And it, it begins in childhood. You might have told your mom, no, I didn't eat a, I didn't eat a dessert before supper. I, I didn't eat that cookie. Yeah. Um, I did clean my room. Face. Yeah, yeah we, we've told a lie. And so right now today, my friends, I want to challenge you, and I'm, I'm myself and all of us, because, listen, um, change begins with each one of us, mm-hmm. revival. Our nation needs a revival. This can begin right now. May we, for God's glory, 
and realizing we will stand before the Lord one day, could we today agree that we will commit ourselves to be persons of truth? Mm. There's a, I've gone back to the Old Testament, and I use Psalms, but I want to go to one of the prophets and look what he lays down parallel with one another. It's in Zechariah chapter 8, and it is verse 8. He says, I'll bring them back, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. Talking about God's people. They shall be my people, and I'll be their God. Now listen to this last line. I will, they'll be my people, and I'll be their God in truth and righteousness. Now as Zacharias bring that down, as he brings it down, he lays them down parallel in other words, truth and righteousness, mm-hmm. those two, to be righteous with God, we've got to be truthful. The first truth is, and you said it, Alex, God is. The second truth is, and we can know him. And that brings us into truth. The second one, that we, or third one, really, we are not. We, we come short of the glory of God because we sin. Therefore, we're unrighteous. So we must receive his righteousness. And when we receive his righteousness and God sees us as complete in Christ Jesus because what he did for us on the cross, it has and it always will start with truth, the Mm. truth of who God is, the truth of what Jesus has done and is doing, and the truth of who we are and what we've done with him. You remember Pilate said, what is truth? But you remember what he did after that when he talked to the people? What will you do with Jesus? That's the whole idea. And what are you going to do with truth? The truth of Jesus Christ is the most important thing in the world, what you're doing with him. And you deal with it in truth. And in order to do that, guys, we've got to be truthful about ourselves. We absolutely do. And, you know, a little bit earlier you guys were talking about uh, truth, and the whole conversation has been about truth. But in Ephesians, uh, the sixth chapter, in verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. This was written in Rome. Think about now where we are in this present age, and this is still applicable, all right? So we stand against the uh, darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Think When we think about that, girded your waist, we think of it as a modern-day belt, if you don't have that belt and that belt is not secure, then you're not able to attach the other things to it. I think about a police person, you know, a policeman, a policewoman. They are girded with a belt, it, and that belt holds all the essential tools that they have. We think about the military and the belt that they have, and if those things aren't securely fastened, they're not able to protect us, the people, as we ought to be. If our belt is not securely fastened, if our belt of truth is not there and it's not securely fashioned, then we don't we aren't able to attach the rest of the attributes of of our armor. 
And so, guys, that's why, you know, we've talked about truth and how important it is. But I think when we look at it in a, in a very practical application, we look at that source of mm-hmm. truth and that it, it's our belt and it holds everything else together. I think of, of God when he spoke to Isaiah out of the whirlwind, or pardon me, Job, out of the whirlwind, and he said, you know, gird yourself up Amen. and answer me like a man. He was basically telling Job, man, make sure your belt cinched up tight because we're yeah. about to chat. And so I and, and that's why I said that is that uh, our the rest of it you can finish reading on your own and you can see the different things. But notice the first thing, gird your waist with truth and then put on the breastplate of righteousness because the breastplate does what? It attaches to the belt to help protect that belt. Alex? Mm. Well, you know, John 8 is so rich, and we've drawn a lot from this. And one final thought that I want to impress on everybody is truth must be responded to. Amen. Uh, I mean, uh, and when you become aware of truth, whether it's to make sure of your relationship with God or whether it's to begin to be truthful with your spouse, you know, oh, my goodness, men— be honest with your wives. Uh, be honest with your family members. Be honest with your, your neighbors. Uh, again, so many relationships hang on trust and truth. Now, it may be in the context of this show that the Spirit of God is just speaking to your heart. And so the final thought we want to impress on all of us, and, and I re-remind ourselves as well, truth must be responded to. Now, Jesus, throughout John uh, chapter 8, he talks about this, and he says in verse 45, he said, because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Uh, he, Jesus is telling us the truth here. And he says, which one of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? Now, verse 47 of John 8, he that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not because you are not of God. Now, the bottom line is this. If you are of God, you will believe Jesus, his son, who tells truth. Josh McDowell does a presentation. We've had him do it several times. It's called Jesus Christ, History's Greatest Truth Teller. And that's true, because Jesus tells us how to be saved how to live. He is the Son of God. And Jesus says in John 8, if you are of God, you will respond to what he says. So that being the case, guys, let's talk about in the final moments we have how important it is that we respond to Jesus. Bert, what are the things about Jesus to which we all must respond? We must respond to who he is. We must respond to what he has done and respond of what he is doing. He has already come. He does love you. He has cared for you. He's lived that perfect life, therefore becoming the sacrifice that was needed when he went to the cross and he gave his life. He who knew no sin became sin that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in him. He's done it, and now he's ascended to the Father, and he desires you to know him, and he can say to the Father, yes, Alex, Jim, Bert, Devin, they've trusted me. The price has been paid. They're mine. 
I pray that you could add your name to that list, that your name would be written on the Lamb's Book of Life because the truth of Jesus Christ, of who he is, what he's done, and what he is doing, and what he will do when he comes back, it's written, it is true. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Alex Jumps, always good to be with you, and we appreciate you so much. So keep on listening, keep on sharing the truth of who Jesus Christ is. He will set you free.